welcome to the AEW Match Guide podcast, where we deep dive into the best matches in AEW history. Brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network and your host, Sam Brown. Yes, hello and welcome to the AEW Match Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brown. Thanks for joining me. Every week, alongside a special guest, I take an in-depth look at one of the best matches in AEW history, taken from the definitive AEW Match Guide, as ranked by over 30 wrestling commentators from around the internet wrestling community. And you can find that list on WrestlingHeadlines.com. If you enjoy the show today, you can subscribe and rate it on the podcast app of your choice, and make sure you check out all of the other great shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My guest for today is a returning guest, a podcaster and writer for Pro Wrestling Musings and Eno Wrestling, Gareth, and we are looking at Serena Deeb vs. Riho from Double or Nothing 2021. How are you going today, Gareth? I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, excited to get into this this match now because uh, it's one which I think, you know, in, when it came to that match guide, I wasn't sure how it would rank and stuff, but... Um, I was, I was happy. I can't remember exactly where it, where it came in. You might be able to tell me, but it, I was. I remember being happy and being like, "That seems reasonable." You know, that seems good, and I'm glad that it kind of got the uh, the praise it deserved. Or I feel yeah. it deserved anyway. Yeah, it's one that has come out favorably with the the rankings. Uh, it came in 22nd on the match guide. That so, was it. Yeah. Yeah. So quite Top good. 25. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, why specifically? Obviously, you said you you did enjoy this match. Just briefly, why did you choose to pick this match, Gareth? Well, this match in particular came at a time where like uh, the women's division, as has been the case for most of the time in AW's existence, but it's, it was getting a lot of flack and stuff from people from from some people, and then other people saying, well, you know, the quality just isn't up to scratch, blah blah, blah this that and the other. And you know, to have a match like this, it was just a great thing to be like you are capable this this division is capable of doing it obviously we've had we've got other examples like uh uh Britt baker versus thunder rosa is the obvious one mm. um but yeah like if it was a great match that really kind of came at the right time i think not just for both these wrestlers although you know some circumstances are meant they haven't been on tv a lot recently but hopefully that's changing now but um but yeah it came it came at a good time for the division as a whole and AEW as a whole i think and Am I right in saying it was the first match back in front of fans, like, properly? Because it was on yes. the buy-in. Yeah. Was there, a, yep. there wasn't another match yep. on the buy-in, was there? No, there wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just I just remember, like, there was just, just this general feeling of just excitement and mm. brilliance around this match and then going into the match as well. Mm. Um, and then it was it's always great when you have that, but it's even better when the match actually delivers. So... Yeah, it's just a, a lovely match and something which I thought, like I said, I thought was going to go under the radar a little bit, but mm. has actually, you know, I think been ranked pretty pretty well in your definitive uh, match guide list. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the people the people who remember this match and love it really seem to to love it in that case. So we will get into this match uh, as we always do here on the match guide. We'll get give it give the match its flowers. Um, Dave Meltzer. Gave it four stars at the time. 
cage match rate has it currently ranked 7.84. And as I said, in that match guide that we put together in 2021, just after this, actually, um, it came in at 22nd. And this match for the build itself. Um, so it was a very sporting build, actually. Both wrestlers um, weren't super active early in 2021, but they did come across each other in the women's title tournament, the title eliminator tournament that they that they had at the start of the year. And both both women had had pretty good showings in AEW at different points, you know, for different reasons, hadn't been around a whole lot. Riho, of course, was the first women's champion uh, and then got stuck in Japan when the pandemic hit. So, so really didn't, um, didn't get to, to wrestle a whole lot until that tournament came around. And then Serena Deeb showed up in 2020, sort of in the second half of it. Uh, she, fought against Thunder Rosa on AEW TV. They had an NWA title match. And, of course, she fought against Hikaru Shida um, and a number of other wrestlers lower down the card. The the Rosa and Shida matches were the most prominent ones and, and availed herself really well as well. Um, so both women going to that tournament were, you know, quite highly ranked. Uh, did you Do you remember much about the first match that these guys had, Gareth? Yeah, their first match was fantastic as well. Hmm. Um, not quite as good as this one, but I just remember like it kind of had elements that we'll get onto in this match. It had elements yeah. obviously because the same yep. two wrestlers, but like yep. a sim- a very similar kind of setup and stuff like that. But obviously, uh, Riho actually got the win in that one. Um, and yeah. it was something. It was one that I found it hard to call because you know when you're looking at the tournament and when the matches fall and stuff like that. When these two came across each other, I was not quite sure which way they would go and stuff because obviously mm. Deeb being the NWA champion, but it was always in the back of my head that she is the NWA champion, so she's probably not going to win this tournament. And whoever beats her probably then faces her for mm. that thing. It's just a classic, it's simple yeah. stuff, but it's classic wrestling, you know, just uh, booking basically. So I was like, could that be Riho? And as the match was going, I was kind of like, well, I hope it's Riho because <laughs> I'd like to see this again. Mm. Um, and then obviously that is that is what they did and then you know their second match as we'll get on to was even better but yeah it was it was a great uh initial match they had and i was a little bit you know sad that deep didn't get a bit further in the tournament and then yeah it was a little bit further just because I, I would have liked to have seen because like you said she she was still quite new to the company and mm. hadn't while she'd been established to some extent it was still kind of hard to see where she ranked on that list of mm you yeah. know, the top contenders, and then obviously she was above the likes of, you know, I don't know, Anna Jay, who she had a match with, and yeah, but she was very much someone who was brought in to kind of help along the younger talent, but it became more and more obvious that she should be someone that AEW should utilise as a star mm. in her own right, and finding the right packaging and character for her to do that, which I think this match that we're going to talk to really helped do, mm. we'll get onto that. But it was at the time of that first match, it was hard to see exactly where she stood, basically. But yeah, she was she was still finding a place in the hierarchy of of AEW, yeah. even though she was the NWA champion. It was obvious, you know, she was a big deal. But you know, yeah. where did she actually fit in amongst the top contenders in AEW? Uh, and that match happened in February, so of course the the match we're looking at today, the the double or nothing match, uh, happened in May. Um, so there yeah. is a few months in between this. But that initial match, I just want to make a few points. 
because it does very much inform what happens in the in the mm. actual match. So it initially set out and sort of pitting Serena's technical skills against Riho's flexibility and speed. Um, and it should be noted that Riho wasn't dormant during 2020. She actually wrestled in stardom quite a bit against some yeah. of the top women in the world. So she comes into this tournament, you know, really <clears throat> firing and ready to go, having been battle tested against some of the best wrestlers on the planet. Yeah. And Serena had a bad knee at the time. And crucially, this match showed Deeb in particular that Riho could use her flexibility to counter Serena's submissions uh, and also that she didn't have the normal sort of grappling superiority that she would have against most people and that Riho um, could match her in technical exchanges and prove that by winning after a, a series of pinning attempts, Riho got the better of it and won the the first match with a Gato clutch, of course, setting up this match for later on, which is for the NWA women's title match. Uh, so going in, it's, you know, actually quite a sporting build in terms of they've had the first match because because Deeb is the champion. When she got beaten, she then sets up a match down the line for the challenger who's previously overcome her in a non-title match. So so it's it's not nothing. Obviously, there wasn't – I should note, there wasn't a lot on TV about this match, which yeah. is something that – uh, we, I think we'll, we'll, we will park that conversation. We will have the conversation about the women's, <laughs> the, the women's division. Uh, I think after we've talked about the match itself, but should be noted, even though they did have that great match, which was on AW Dynamite, there wasn't a lot building up to this match beyond that, which was three months beforehand, and this was on the pre-show as well. So I didn't actually watch this one live. I heard it was really good, so I watched it afterwards because it got great reviews, and I, I think there's a lot of people who have fallen into that category. So we come into this match, uh, as we said, it's the it's actually the first match that they had full crowds back for, which is a uh, an interesting you know an interesting distinction for it to have it's late afternoon the sun's shining i love a late afternoon match in, <laughs> in wrestling i just think it's such a cool atmosphere particularly for for a pre-show because it i don't know you just get just get a sort of energy and it's like yeah, yeah you know that it's building up and the fact that it's late afternoon it, it, it adds to that sense of anticipation uh yeah. and i, I want to Actually, no, we'll, we'll look, we'll talk about the introductions first. Riho, she's really happy to be back. Deeb is like pumped up. She sort of takes a step to take it in and then just like roars at the crowd <laughs> herself, gets to the ring, gets on the turnbuckles and is really getting the crowd into it. They're already cheering, but she's like pumping them up even further. So like great, great work from Deeb. Veteran, veteran move there. I, I want to take you back, Gareth, to this moment. We've had limited crowds. If you've been watching New Japan, we've had clap crowds. If you're <laughs> watching WWE, we've had the Thunderdome and we've had piped-in audio. And there's, of course, WrestleMania was in front of a live crowd as well. Um, but for you, you know, being an AEW fan, having not heard it for over a year at this point, how did it feel to just hear that crowd roar and reacting after having not had that for so long? Yeah, it was obviously... It was just great to see. Um, I think Riho's pop was was there, but it wasn't a huge pop. Mm. Like it wasn't quite what I was expecting, and I was a little bit like, "A crowd's a bit overrated." And we just been starved, <laughs> and they're actually crap. Um, <laughs> and then and then I then I started worrying. Oh, do they just not care about this match? Maybe or. But I don't know what what the reason was for that. But then when Serena Deeb came out, obviously yeah, Riho still got a pop. They're still happy to see her, but it wasn't like as big as I was kind of hoping. It wasn't really. 
<laughs> yeah, so I was, I was a little bit disappointed. So my expectations were a little bit like, oh, okay. Maybe we'll have to get to the actual show before the crowd get really mm. pumped up. And then Serena Deeb comes out and, again, they, they pop a bit more for her and then she really pumps them up. And then they just start going crazy for, like, the rest of the night, really. Mm. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, it was... It was good. It was weird to see that Deeb got the bigger pop, but obviously at the t- at the time she hadn't turned heel. I think it's safe to say she's mm. turned heel now, in real life. Um, yep. or in real life or in real time now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like at in this match was kind of like the start of where she really started showing that. Yeah. Um, but it was funny the fact that she did get the bigger pop, and then the way they managed to work a crowd into starting booing her mm. later, and then really cheering Riho. But like. Yeah, it was great throughout this match to see the crowd. It was just that initial disappointment of like, why aren't they screaming their heads off? One of the one of the great things this match does early on, because you've got, as we said, we've got two really finely honed veteran professional wrestlers here. Um, and they could have just had like this technical classic sort of style, like your your Savage Steamboat sort of technical classic match that you would have but really early on Riho offers a handshake and Deeb just like draws <laughs> it out gets the crowd involved and then just slaps her in the face and it's just like straight away the, the crowd is immediately into that as well and it's like yeah. look we could just give you an exciting like you know a bunch of moves but wrestling is about more than that it's about this interaction mm. between the crowd and it's about a story between a hero and it's most simple is about a story between a hero and a villain and a hero trying to fight a fight to win from underneath some sort of villain who for some reason you don't want to win and immediately they set up those stakes and the crowd is just like oh yeah i remember this oh this is so great let's do it yeah. boo yay boo yeah <laughs> that is the moment um, that that slap where they really get yeah. into it and and that is yeah. going back to your point about the crowd such good match composition the moment yeah exactly yeah, and, and Deeb is just, like, vicious after that. Deeb is just, like, vicious on offense, big European uppercuts, targeting Riho's knee, which, of course, you know, throwback to the previous yeah. one where, where Deeb's knee was injured. She's now going after Riho's knee. Um, even grabs Riho's hair and her nose, um, holds on beyond the five count at different points, <laughs> you know, really just showing a mean streak and being like, I'm going to win this because – pride wounded from losing the first match and now the title's on the line she's not going to lose and one of the things that shows just how good deeb is uh, and also riho is as well because we we forget riho's really young but she's been wrestling since she was like i don't know five years old or something ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) they start him early in japan um is when deeb's going for an abdominal stretch um and i always find that when they do that move it i don't know it feels kind of hokey and 80s and a bit like the stereotypical rest hold that's a bit boring but instead of having like some sort of artificial break or or something that's contrived they instead sort of shuffle for position with their footwork and i just love how technical that that is and how organic it feels and for these two it just emphasized to me how pro these two are and how creative also they are you know thinking up ways that they're going to structure the match and structure the moves even even something as small as that. Yeah, it's it was it was really interesting because obviously when I thought back on this match before I watched it back, it just kind of in my head is just those moments of deep, those heelish moments where obviously the slap and then obviously the brutal strikes and then the the holds she puts Riho in and stuff. But watching it back, it was really interesting to see actually that Riho does do a lot of like mm-hmm. that technical side herself, and it really is a 
a technical battle, even though obviously Deeb gets the better of it. Like it's very much a battle there, and Rue has to utilize her other strengths, such as her, you know, her, her speed and diving off the top ropes and all that, these kind of things. Whereas Deeb is very much more focused on those, you know, hard strikes, you know, just particularly those uppercuts you mentioned, utilizing her size advantage, but then also this really interesting technical battle. Uh, mm. between the two of them where you know I think ultimately come the end of it it's just Deep's you know desperation and pure violence <laughs> that is the difference between them rather than her you know necessarily simply out, out grappling her it's like a it's a it's a, a character making an active choice mm. to be a, to act a certain way mm. um, rather than just two wrestlers slapping on moves so she's not just locking mm. in holds she's locking them in and throwing them in as mm. deep as she possibly can um because she knows you know from that previous meeting uh that mm. riho can surprise her and use that speed to her advantage and yeah get a win a lot of time a lot of riho's wins just come out of nowhere kind of mm. like darby allen um yeah and yeah it's it, it's a really fascinating technical mm. battle um but the difference being their mentality mm. in doing so really yeah I think Ray Deeb does dominate the middle of this match. I yeah. I have a pet theory that I think Serena Deeb is a very big Hiroshi Tanahashi fan. <laughs> um, she does like the twist and shout. She does the lots dragon of dragon screw. screw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and, and this is almost a Tanahashi-esque performance in that sometimes when Hiroshi Tanahashi is against another face, he will play – he will almost play the heel in the way that he mm. – um, he just wants it so much. <laughs> he is prepared to, as a character, I guess, who who wants this thing, he's prepared to show a more aggressive side. There's a particular match against Shinsei Nakamura that they have for the IC title after they've traded, sort of traded wins and, and things. Uh, it's at, at uh, Invasion Attack 2014 um, where Nakamura, well, sorry, where Tanahashi just pulverizes Nakamura's knee and is just like ruthlessly going after it. And, you know, this is the guy who's the face, the ace of the universe. It's <laughs> like the face of the company, the hero that everyone loves. And yet he's just like made this decision to completely pulverize Nakamura's knee. And the crowd like turn on him in the match. And of course, it doesn't affect his long-term trajectory. (laughs) Goodness me. Goodness me. It doesn't affect his um, long-term reaction that he gets. But for that match, he's made that decision to be more vicious, to be more dominant, uh, and to be more aggressive. And that's what Deeb does in in this match here, at least, because she knows she has to, to get the win. Because when she just went in for a normal like what she'd consider, I guess, a normal fight, she lost in the the previous meeting. And and as you said, when Riho does get offense, you know, she she really goes for it. And I think that's something I love about Riho's um, offense is just how she like throws her body so completely into it. Like with her stomps, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't like kind of glance off her opponent. Mm-hmm. She just like lands straight in their abdomen and just like yeah. plump to them. And she's, I guess, she's lighter weight, so she could still get away with it. But I don't yeah. know, even a, if if you're even if you're less than 100 pounds, you're not jumping straight into my abdomen. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and she, 
when she throws her strikes, she like contorts her whole body and just like really throws herself fully into them uh, and puts yeah. her whole body into it. So it's it's I don't know. To me, it just really, even though she's smaller, really just shows this sense of impact and how much she wants it by how fully she commits to it. Yeah. Another thing on that point about Riho's body, um, her body is naturally so flexible and bendy that like when Serena D, whenever she locks in a hold, it looks like mm. this brutal thing. Um, and like some of the moves, there's a power bomb at one point where D just mm. like smashes her down and Riho's body just kind of compresses. And I just thought like yep. when I watched that, I was just like, how has something not gone wrong there? <laughs> but her body just naturally, I feel like, again, obviously she does that bridging up spot all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, her, her spine just seems to be like able to bend backwards just perfectly <laughs> easily. And it's just like, I don't know, she must do a lot of yoga or maybe, I don't know, like she obviously does a lot of like work on that because, uh, or maybe it's just naturally that way. I don't know. But it's just yeah her body just kind of moves in a way which kind of i've never really seen with anyone else and it's perfect for making serena deep just look absolutely brutal just look like an absolute killer because (laughs) you just see these little limbs bending in ways that you shouldn't and you're just like Mm. how again how has something not just gone wrong like how has she not actually just snapped her leg off or something like i don't well i'm not sure if you know this from the commentary gareth but uh serena deep also a yoga instructor yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they did, men- they did mention that a lot. They mentioned uh, that a bit. Something- yeah, it, but it, there was at one time they mentioned it. They mentioned how that uh, that kind of informs how she knows how to hurt people. Yeah, I know. And I was I was like I never would have thought that about yoga. Like that someone would use that and be like, ah yes, I know how to make you know stretch in order to make you know my muscles relax in a certain way or you know feel good or how to look after them or whatever yoga is meant for. Um, but if I never, never would have thought. Fitness instructor try and hurt you. You need a better personal trainer there, Gareth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's I never would have thought. You know, a yoga instructor would would take that knowledge and be like, ah, this is how I can actually hurt yeah. you. But that again just kind of informed this character of Serena Deeb as someone like you're manipulating what I thought was quite a you know a noble and nice kind of uh, I don't know what you call it really. What is it? Practice, I guess. Mm. Um, and you're using it for your wicked little games. <laughs> but, yeah, again, that kind of just kind of made me just dislike Serenity, which for the purpose of this match and, again, the long-term future now for her character, you know, seems to have been very effective, I think. So It's interesting how, because you mentioned that, like, it, it suits it because of the way they framed it. Uh, I remember mm. it, it's in, I, it just reminds me of how important it is to frame things like that. Uh, yeah. so that they make sense. Because I remember at first there was that meme about Britt Baker where they just kept on mentioning, yeah. she's a dentist, she's a dentist, she's a dentist, and it became like a, did you yeah. know she was a dentist? <laughs> but then Chris Jericho on commentary, when he was doing the commentary in the the closed off um, the Georgia tapings, he, yeah. he said, the reason we mentioned she's a dentist because it's bloody hard. Like, it's really yeah. difficult, very impressive. So, of course, we're going to mention it because it shows how impressive she is. And I was like, oh, of course, that's why. So yeah. it's just... And then also also her uh, her, her su- submission move as well. Uh, naturally, again, yeah. she's manipulating what I yep. thought was quite a noble, you know, <laughs> practice. And she's using it for <laughs> her, her own gain. Uh, oh, yeah. Some, something some, uh, which other people don't really between, understand. Some symmetry there between Britt Baker and... Uh, 
and Serena Deeb. That would actually yeah. be a good feud, face versus heel. Anyway, yoga we'll, uh, versus dentistry. I don't, I don't 100 know what's going to be happening when this uh, this thing goes to air. So who knows what's, yeah. who knows who Britt Baker's current uh, contender for the AEW Championship is. Anyway, getting back to the match. <laughs> yeah, like Riho has like a flurry of offense after there's like a period of domination by Deeb, and then Riho has a flurry of offense where she hits, you know, her version of the the Tiger Fang kick, the six one nine for a close two two. And Serena gets back on the front foot, like, desperately sort of dodging that double stomp that Riho does, hitting the Tanahashi combo, <laughs> the, the dragon screw, <laughs> and then the twist and shout, then hits that powerbomb you're talking about where she just, like, drops her on her neck. And I, it's, it's one, of the, one of the great things about Joshi, actually, is because they weigh so much less, they can take a little bit more risk in terms of yeah. the bumps they take. And, like, this is a very high angle, <laughs> high angle, uh, high angle bump that Riho takes off this powerbomb. Uh, and after some more back and forth, Serena gets in, like, this brutal single leg Boston Crab after dodging a knee attempt. It's like this really smooth counter. I think Michael Sidrick from What Culture calls it like his dream spot, the uh, dodging the knee and grabbing the single leg crab. Oh, yeah, between uh, Omega and uh, D- uh, Brian Daniels. Yeah, well, these guys did it first. so <laughs> Yeah, they did. And I remember when that happened, like, in the moment, you just see Riho sprinting and then deep doing that. And I just remember mm-hmm. just letting out, like, one of the biggest, like, audible pops that I have, even though just sat there on my own well on a call with my friends but uh you know just screaming and yeah it was it was amazing because you know usually don't get that from a buy-in match and then in an interesting and this is one of the great pieces of sequel wrestling that i think they've got here reho kind of tries to enter into another pinning combination sequence where they're you know sort of testing each other technically the kind of move that got deep caught in the, the kind of sequence that got deep caught in their first match and deep yeah. immediately exits that instead of going you know against most performers she'd probably lean into that and go for it thinking that she can get the win that way but because mm-hmm. she lost to reho that way previously she gets out of it and instead pulls a brutal looking dragon screw before just like pounding Riho's knee on the canvas and then like bending it back so far. She's literally touching Riho's head with a foot and uh, (laughs) Riho's just got no, no choice, but to tap at that point, you know, this is not a long match, but it's it's really effective ending here, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of my favorite endings uh, of the year, probably just ever generally, Mm. because a really good submission locked in. The one, uh, as we're recording this, uh, Brian Danielson versus uh, Bobby Fish just happened a couple of days mm. ago. And uh, the, the I can't remember exactly what the hold was, but it was a, a knee lock. Heel hook, there we go. Mm. Um, and he just, the way Brian locked that in was so brutal. And it's just so great mm. when like a wrestler really knows how to lock in a submission. And Deeb, again, is just an absolute expert at it. And D, uh, Riho is again, like I said earlier, just a perfect body to take a move like this because she just she'll just bend naturally anyway, and it just mm. looks so brutal. But those like <clears throat> those smashing of the knees into the into the ground of just like pure frustration and just like mm. trying to just tear someone's leg off. It's just <laughs> just so crazy, and it's just the exact kind of stuff I love from like a a heel, which is why after this match I was just so desperate for just Turner heel, which obviously now has happened. But like, mm. um, yeah, it's just 
one of those just visual things that you can't really put into words apart from just saying how great it is I think I can't really find the words <laughs> that I want I mm. just think yeah if you if you haven't seen this match obviously go watch it first of all but particularly for that finish like mm. like you said the D, uh, Riho's going for that kind of pinning combination uh, and Deeb's just like nope mm. smashes her leg and then just locks in that uh, mm. serenity lock just so deep and mm. yeah it's just amazing it's funny with with wrestling submissions so often you see them and you're like oh you can see the you can see the gaps you can see they're not fully executing it particularly yeah, I, I think about like some of the some of the arm bars you see and it's like look if you had this in an actual mma match you would be like you should be snapping their arm right now yeah you're and 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 so quite often you can see that there's an artifice and that's all that's okay like that's mm. the whole that's part of the point of wrestling if the performers are doing their job correctly you buy into it anyway yeah but but this one like you just look at it and you can see her like tapping her on the back of her head with the with a foot i can't remember mm. whether it actually tap like actually made contact but it near enough mm. did and you just know how inflexible you are as a 30 year old white male <laughs> and you just sit there and go what the hell is she putting her through right now like even for a yeah. super flexible person like Rio, and i don't know if yeah. there are any i don't watch a whole lot of joshi wrestling I, I know they're more flexible than most wrestlers but i don't know in many other wrestlers if any who could take that kind of submission the way that it was put on uh and it just looks so brutal yeah yeah that's that's the word i think probably the word i look for is just brutal like those knee those pounding of the knee into the mat just before that as well it's just like it was so kind of unnecessary really Mm. like it's one of those things but it's just like in the moment the energy that's like Mm. erupting around the crowd and then just watching this person just smash a knee and it's something you don't really see very often something like just smashing a knee into a canvas as well Mm. it's very simple but it was just so so good and yeah i think deep had obviously she locked in you mentioned she locked in like the single leg boston crab uh, which is very mm. basically is the serenity lock but there's just a mm. slight difference but and then i think she did she locked in another uh leg based submission earlier it's definitely something mm. she was working throughout the match but yeah. every time she did she locked it in like brutally but when she locked it in right at the end like she took it to another level yeah it's just like yeah it, it kind of it really showed that building of like how much Riho could actually take to the point mm. where it's just like, okay, there's just no way any human being could mm. stand any more than yep. this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just one of my favorite finishes, I think to a match. I'm, I'm going to say ever, but I don't know if it's ever, but you know, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic finish. Basically. Yeah. I love how educated it is from their initial match as well. Um, yeah. Like you've got Dee went into that initial match with a bung knee. Uh, and so she knows the pain that it mm. takes wrestling through uh, when you've got a knee that's injured and that's hurting. Uh, and Dee, and uh, Dee's injury got worse as that match progressed. And then, of course, as I said, you've got her avoiding those technical exchanges that normally she'd go into because she knows that's how she got beaten last time. Uh, and yeah. then you've got her also right at the end yeah just using the knowledge that she's got from previously um to avoid 
getting caught again um, in what Riho's trying to throw exactly the same set of techniques in. She just avoids it and and goes in. It's just incredibly smart in the way that it it goes about it. And even just her tone going in, instead of going in just as a an equal level sporting endeavor, she's going in far more aggressive, far more ready to injure and harm because she knows that last time when they were on an even playing field and when she gave Riho the benefit of the doubt or the, mm. or sort of a more sporting performance or she, she knew she got beaten. Um, so she goes yeah. in with a different outlook. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That was great. And I wish they did like kind of build this match a little bit because mm. yep. that, that was all told within the match but i think you know as with anything it's always going to be lost on a lot of people just mm. because you know not everyone sees the same things or whatever not everyone you know yeah maybe thinks into things as deeply as we do being kind of wrestling mm. nerds or whatever i mean <laughs> um, even if they just the week before had a, a segment in an interview segment for example um, or a, a video package segment with Dee talking about how uh, she got caught out last time, but it won't happen again. And Riho, yeah. you know, saying how she was excited to maybe become the NWA champion because at that point she yeah. was moving over to America and maybe saying, look, I'm moving over to America. And what what could be a greater way to start that than taking on the most prestigious title in women well one of the most prestigious and historic titles in women's wrestling the nwa championship even just a you know a a two minute one minute video package could have added a little bit to this that you know it would have been elevated even further from uh and potentially even as i said i didn't even watch this and i'm a pretty big AEW fan i didn't watch this initially because i was just wanted to get straight into the pay-per-view and i i can't watch live here in australia because of you know various family commitments and stuff so i watch in the evening i was like let's just go straight to the pay-per-view and uh caught this afterwards based on the buzz it was getting and i'm glad i did because it's so good exactly like it it wasn't like the story heading into this was super complex or needed weeks and weeks of build it was something that they could have done with just like you say uh because even i'm not sure how good riho's english is i know shida was getting a lot better um Mm. or has got a lot better now um, but like even you could just do a little kind of mm. interview segment in Japanese and do yeah. subtitles as long as it's not like a mm. five minute promo like yeah. that's perfectly yeah. fine like people have you know people aren't thick they can well some people are but <laughs> most people can read most people can read like you know for a minute or so of Riho explaining yeah. why this match means something to her and Deeb explaining why you know it means something to her and the match wouldn't even need to change everything will no. be the same it's just it gives those fans because again like i mentioned at the start um it seemed like the fans weren't super into this like they were kind of into it like Riho got a bit of a pop deep got a bit of a pop and when she uh, told them to you know come on let's go they it was a bit of a bigger pop but the biggest the first like proper pop was when she slapped Riho, and then people are like oh okay this is what we're seeing um and and you know basically all you needed to do was do that but just before the match and obviously it was a shame this was on the pre-show as well because it was so good it deserved to be on the main card i think mm-hmm. the actual reason for that was because if they put it on the main card they have to then give nwa some money um <laughs> like from the pay-per-view i think i saw someone oh, say man. something about that and that kind of makes it got enough money he's got the smashing pumpkins monkey money <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know if that's the actual reason but it kind of made that kind of makes sense to me but it yeah. was it was disappointing, but I'm either way. I'm glad that the match happened, and 
being the first match back in front of fans as well was a big deal. Tony Khan actually said that's why he wanted to do this, because he had faith that this was going to be a match that really yeah. got fans up for it. And, I mean, you can't really disagree with him because it, it did. Um, mm. The fans, as the match progressed, the fans were just getting more and more into it, which is just a yep. sign of how good the match was, really. Um, yeah. And the story they told physically between them, obviously, it, it tells the story that we kind of wanted you know, kind of set up a little bit. But that was all told there between them in the ring anyway. So it wasn't the end of the world. It's just a shame and maybe a bit of an indictment of the ongoing problem with AEW's women's division that yeah. for a match, even though it's on the buy-in, a match on pay-per-view or at the pay-per-view, let's say, mm. uh, even if it's not on the actual card. But a match there um, doesn't really even have, uh, obviously there was mm. pre-context to it. But there wasn't really a build, if you know what I mean. So yeah, it was it was I've, the same in that sense. Yeah, I've picked up the context to it by going back and watching the previous match and thinking about it. But it wasn't it the the wrestlers and the wrestlers did it, but it wasn't yeah. made explicit by the actual presentation of it, which is a fault of the presentation because it's something the presentation should be mentioning and should be emphasizing um in yeah. when you something like this happening uh in terms of with this match in terms of its legacy it, it came it was the second highest rated um women's singles match in the AEW match guide behind um brit baker and thunder rosa who came in third on the match guide quite a clear third um with their unsanctioned match uh mm. in terms of the the sing in terms of the AEW women's matches where do you think this one does rank you think it coming in second is is the correct ranking of it obviously we've had a few matches since or a few a few months since the the guide was updated let's say because it's something you're going to keep going it was but, yeah uh, double or nothing to double or nothing well it was the yeah. first two years uh, of the promotions history so anything yeah. after double or nothing uh 2021 wasn't included in it and will be included in a future iteration of it hopefully um yeah. when that time comes um but yeah in terms of up until that point, would you say that that's that's a fair ranking of it? I would say so because I can't really think of anything I put above. Like Shida versus um, uh, Thunder Rose, it was fantastic as well. Mm. Uh, Riho versus Nyla Rose, I actually preferred their yeah. second match where Nyla actually won. Um, but I really like that uh, Shida versus Nyla as well. Their first yeah. match was really good. Um, there are some that's other the ones, one but... I. That's the one I've. I would say. I'm I'm split on. I've I've probably got to go and back and rewatch that at some point. Um, mm. Maybe that's a good one to do in the future with someone. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, I think that came in like 50th or something uh, on the list. But that was my my pick up until the um, the unsanctioned match in terms of what was the the best women's match AEW had done was the no DQ match they had at Double or Nothing 2020. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which I can definitely see. I'd say personally for my for my tastes and stuff, this would mm. definitely be my number two behind Rosa and Baker, which I think uh, mm. is unquestion- unquestionably number one. Um, mm. Even though I think maybe I'm hopeful anyway that they can outdo that. Um, yeah. Because obviously it's very much a it's very much you know well it's a hardcore match in, in mm. essence. So uh, I'm hoping that when they get back to their third match obviously because they had one before that as well mm. uh, which is apparently going to be built to in early 2022 some point maybe revolution or something um but i'm hopeful that they can 
they can top that because I have faith in them. And I think something like Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa, if they did that again, again, I think they can top that. I think maybe just uh, before we're saying if they did that again, this is recorded in uh, mid-October, so if they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this being December, probably <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah, we've got a TBS right tournament. I'm sure, it's great. <laughs> yeah. They've got a TBS tournament to come, so maybe we'll get something in there. But as of as of right now, like there are matches I can think that probably could top this. Mm. Um, and I'm hopeful that we get those, because the more good matches, the better. Um, but yeah, as of right now, I think I'd have to put this number two. And I, I would love to put it number one, but I think that, that mm. unsanctioned match, you kind of just, it kind of just, it was a thing in its own. Like it was not even just the match in itself. I'm sure you're going to talk yeah. about it at some point on this podcast. But uh, like... It was a match which kind of just defined, you know, women's wrestling. Uh, so, yeah. Whereas this was just a really great match. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that match got the build that this one didn't get. Um, yeah. Even though they're very different matches, of course, uh, and, and telling, doing very different things and telling very different mm. stories. It, it, as much as anything, got the build that this one didn't get. Um, yeah in terms of the way they built that animosity between Baker and, and Rosa. Um, you didn't really get to see that in the lead up to this. Uh, and then of course, for various reasons, six months and these guys have had like a handful of matches between them, Riho and mm. Deeb. Of course, Deeb got injured. Riho had issues with the vaccine that she got. It's such a shame that they couldn't capitalize off this immediately uh, and, yeah. and really do something with it immediately because Look, as we've said, it's a it's a match where, in the ring and on the night, it, it just blew the hat like it blew the roof off and and really succeeded on every mm. level that it possibly could that you could want from a wrestling match. Um, but unfortunately, there's just so much around it that's not ideal. Um, you know, yeah. and that's a sad thing. And and that unfortunately does affect the legacy of this match. I think. Yeah. For sure, you would have to say that because, like you say, if they're able to capitalise on this, or if this was, for example, this is maybe going a bit uh, hopeful, maybe, but if this was the turning point for AW's women's division, if if Deeb comes out of this, a new character goes on a tear as a heel, Riho, you know, just doesn't disappear after her, you know, obviously, <laughs> health, health problems, then, you know, maybe they get the ball rolling properly. It's, you know quite hopeful to say that but if they if that had happened and you could really look at this match as a turning point i think people would always look back on this match with the respect i think that the work itself deserved and i think it is you know an example of uh, various examples the unsanctioned match being another and uh you know uh Shida versus uh rosa being another they're kind of scattered out because mm. aw tend not to give us many you know really exciting women's matches but Mm. even though the talent is there and the dream matches are there and stuff and mm. all you need is a reason to make those you only need a story to tell and and then yeah you've got those matches there but like this match really is another example that they don't really have any excuses anymore um mm. you know the talent is there and obviously with the example of Deeb and Riho in particular they obviously had their issues and why they've gone and Luckily now, Deeb is very much back on TV with her feud with Shida, mm. uh, which is seems to be going to a rematch. And maybe, mm. you know, people have said maybe that's the final of the TBS tournament and stuff. And that could be a really awesome feud, which mm. we've already had one great match from and hopefully get two more or something. Yeah. Um, like, Deeb, I think, 
especially the character she showed within this match, it's something that could have been a really big mm. improvement to the women's division. And hopefully moving forward now, that's what it is, I think. Yeah. Well, she has, as we've noted, this is recorded in October, so who knows what's happened in the, yeah. in the time between when we've recorded this and when it's gone to air. But she has <coughs> come back and shown this character, um, yeah. this sort of more vicious side of her, this brutal side, uh, and hopefully that is the path to her through AEW because it is in this match itself is incredibly compelling and creates yeah. an incredibly compelling story uh, and is a great foe for someone like Riho, who is such a such a lovable character and wrestles. We've given we've showered Dee with a lot of praise, but Riho is, is someone yeah. who wrestle is the perfect foil for this because she does wrestle with so much heart uh, and she's such an underdog because she's small, but she gives everything in like she gives her whole body to this yeah. match because she wants it so much. It's so easy to get behind her because of that. And and she also is a genius at laying out matches, as we've seen with this, as we saw yeah. with her match with um the first match she had with Nyla Rose at um the first Dynamite to crown the champion. I was blown away by the way they lay out laid out that match and just took people who couldn't care less um yeah. to like on their feet screaming for her to win um because she's so good at playing that underdog and and in this match it is a perfect foil for Deeb um taking this darker turn and this more serious turn so yeah look yeah. as i said I, I think this match is fantastic you've said you've said that yourself as well is there anything you'd like to add there um before we give our let people know where to go and uh and, and get out of here i can't really think of anything all i'll say is like like you said you you didn't watch this match initially and I think there are probably quite a few people who just never really got round to it and if you're one of them go and check it out I mean we've, we've broken it down and probably spoiled a lot of it but now you know what to look for and you can just sit there and enjoy it so yep. yeah that's what I'll say yeah this is a match that rewards re-watching as well as as I said yeah. digging into it watching that first match beforehand and seeing all the callbacks brilliant piece of sequel wrestling um that really holds up on a rewatch and and get more from as well um so yeah definitely check that out gareth um before we get out of here let the good people know where they can find you yeah you can find me over on twitter at gareth underscore ew uh i write stuff uh regularly on pro wrestling musings um well slightly more irregularly now that i'm <laughs> gonna be starting uh my youtube channel you know wrestling where i'm going to be focusing on well obviously wrestling content but focusing mostly on AEW. uh which if you got to the end of this podcast i presume you're probably someone who's interested <laughs> in that so go and check that out um and yeah unless you're you my mom hey mom <laughs> <laughs> hello sam's mother but yeah no uh, that, that's where you can find me yeah, and you can find me uh, on Twitter, Sir underscore Samuel. Thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it, Gareth. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. And to you for listening, I really appreciate it as well. As I said at the start, if you enjoyed what you heard today, you can like and subscribe and review it on your podcast app of your choice. Make sure you check out all of the other great shows here on Social Suplex that span across the internet wrestling community. Uh, and make sure you join me next week where we're going to be looking at John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, the exploding barbed wire death match from Revolution. That will be sure to be a fun podcast. Lots to talk about on that one. So make sure you join me again next Friday for that. And thank you again for listening to the AEW Match Guide podcast.
for listening to the AEW Match Guide podcast. If you enjoyed the show, then you can subscribe on the podcast app of your choice so you never miss an episode. Also, feel free to let me know on Twitter at Sir underscore Samuel. I'd love to hear from you. The AEW Match Guide podcast is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find many other fantastic podcasts discussing not just AEW, but all parts of the world of professional wrestling. Looking forward to seeing you again next week. I'm Sam Brown.